Growing up from where I come from, the small city of Porata, Texas, I had the luxury to be surrounded by a miniature melting pot of cultures, um, that being the Latinx Hispanic culture, the black culture, and the Asian American cultures, or specifically the Vietnamese American culture. And one of the things that would kind of disgust me growing up uh, when I would go to school is that, you know, a lot of uh, Hispanics would be hit with xenophobic rhetoric like go back to where you came from and you know I, I've learned from a, a young age that you know that was very xenophobic and not only prejudiced but absolutely racist considering that just because a person is, is Hispanic doesn't mean that they come from a certain Latin country they could be born in the United States and even if they were born from a foreign country you have no right to tell somebody to go back to where they came from when their home is here. Very simple concept, but um, for ingrained establishment xenophobes and racists like Donald Trump, this is hard to get him to understand. And this is why on this episode of With Quick Reason, we will finally debunk, well not debunk, we will finally explain why Donald Trump is absolutely a racist. Yeah man, y'all president is absolute trash. I mean, this president that we have now is absolute garbage. And if you guys don't know what's going on, basically what happened is Trump just tweeted out the most racist and xenophobic thing to the really arguably arguably the most uh, progressive women in the House of Representatives. And before I go into what he said exactly, I just want to let it be known that <laughs> there was a previous recording of this. Like I already had it mapped out. Uh, as soon as, you know, he tweeted out to uh, the four congresswomen and made his racist, xenophobic marks. But the thing is, is that I kind of, I, I, you know, I didn't delete it, but I saved it in the archives and I wanted to re-record this because I kind of came from a place of passion and I kind of came from a place of uh, offended. Uh, probably a place of, of of someone who is offended more than a logical s standpoint or a logical view. And I, I just hate yelling at you guys um, because, I mean, <laughs> I, that could be perceived very stressful. And I don't like to carry this aggressive personality, definitely when I'm talking about politics. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to get that uh, settled straight. So this is going to be more logical and really going into a deep dive on why Trump is now indubitably, unequivocally a racist. Um, so let's just start off with what he said. Um, the tweet starts off like this. So interesting to see, so interesting to see progressive Democratic Congresswomen who originally came from countries whose governments are a complete and total catastrophe, the worst, most corrupt and inept anywhere in the world, if they even have a functioning government at all, now loudly and viciously telling the people of the United States, the greatest and most powerful nation on earth, how our government is to be ran. Why don't they go back and help fix the totally broken and crime infested places from which they came, then come back and show us how? 
It is done. These places need your help badly. You can't leave fast enough. I'm sure that Nancy Pelosi would be very happy to quickly work out a free travel arrangement. Now, let's just dissect this. Because this is kind of the fault that I made on a previous video. I didn't really dissect it. I kind of just really went off. Because, you know, it's blatant racism shown in your face. And that's why I kind of kept the parallel uh, at the beginning of the video. But... Let's just go sentence by sentence. Okay, instead of just, you know, critiquing the overall, overall argument, I feel like we can come from a more logical standpoint if, if we take it, you know, piece by piece. So, okay, let's, let's start um, from the beginning. So interesting to see progressive Democrat congresswomen who originally came from countries whose governments are completely in total catastrophe. Okay, look, this part right here. This is why this is essentially the foundation of why this is a very racist and xenophobic comment by definition, like by denotation, is because the four women that he was talking about was Ayanna Presley, Elon Omar, uh, Rashida Tlaib, and uh, of course uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. And the, what makes this post so xenophobic and so racist is not even the fact not even a statement, but it's the fact that out of three, uh, three out of four of these women actually came from foreign countries. Elon Omar was the only person to come from a foreign country. So before we even dissect if like, okay, was this a racist thing for him to say? Let's just talk about how inaccurate it was, which was, it was extremely, extremely inaccurate and it was extremely xenophobic because he was, okay, well, you guys, and the thing is, Trump knows these people where they're from. Trump knows that Ocasio-Cortez is from America. He knows that Rashida Tlaib is from Detroit. You know, same thing with I with Ayanna Presley. Um, I think he was just mainly talking to Elon Omar. And then, like, when we dissect the second part of that comment, when he says that, you know, even if you know they came from another country, he's telling them to go back home. That's not an adequate logical argument to are a, a valid logical premise to stand on. That's not a logical point to stand on, my dude. Like, you can't just say, like, that's literally like me as a black kid, as a black kid, because I do this. This is my podcast. This is my podcast. I'm a black kid who basically complains about the government. That's all I do. I'm a black kid who complains about our government and the society in the way that it's ran. So by definition, if I have a problem with whatever Donald Trump says, I could just pack up and leave or I should just pack up and leave instead of trying to solve the issues at hand. You know, same thing for the civil rights leaders of the time of Martin Luther uh, King. Um, you, you had people like Angela Davis as well. Um, Angela Davis, Nikki Giovanni, you know, people who I really look up to. So you are you saying that, OK, even if instead of fight. An oppressive force. Just move. Just fucking leave. Not only practically that that's just not easy to say because, you know, people just don't have the funds to get up and move. Or people came here based off of push factors of other countries so they have nowhere else to go. It's just the fact that it's not practical and it's not logical. And at its root, at its, at its definition, it's authoritarian because you're saying that, hey, it's either my way or the highway. So 
now we kind of got an understanding of why this is already very author authoritarian authoritarian and very racist to begin with and this is why a lot of historians are saying that donald trump is mirroring uh pre-fascism pre-fascist tendencies you know you know when you look at people like Mussolini and Adolf Hitler like this was the rhetoric that the Nationalist Socialist Party of Germany which were the Nazis this was the rhetoric they were you know spewing before they got popular and they could just say whatever the fuck they want they would tell Jews you know go you know go leave the country they would tell them that but anyway let's finish this um and then he continues to say that these women who originally came from governments that were in complete the worst, uh, most corrupt and inept anywhere in the world, if they even have a functioning government at all. See, so I want to touch on uh, two points. One minor point and 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 a, and a big point. One my, the one minor point being is that, bro, America ain't cookies and milk either. So it's like, you know, like I said before, these three three uh, three out of four of these women came from America. So their problem is just with America <laughs> and not with uh, <laughs> any other country. Um, but, you know, when we're talking about the most corrupt and inept government, well, I mean, don't we have a weapons deal with one of the most corrupt and inept governments known as Saudi Arabia? <laughs> Aren't we helping Syrian rebels, which is a terrorist group by definition, you know, uh, of course, they're on the right side. They're on America's side. But aren't we fueling proxy wars in Syria? Aren't we aiding the genocide in Yemen? Aren't we? So before you say the most corrupt government ever, before you say these things, the most inept and corrupt, uh, uh, worst governments, not only you got to look in the mirror to see that, okay, well, damn, United States isn't, you know, the best government when looking at a global stance either, but look at the people we are in bed with and have been in bed with before you and 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 and, and, and we will continue to be in bed with them if we don't get you out of fucking office. But uh going on to finishing the quote, he said, uh and viciously telling the people of the United States, the greatest and most powerful nation on earth how our government is to be run. Why don't they go back and fix the totally broken and crime-infested places from which they came, then come back and show us how it is done? These places need your help badly. You, can leave, you can't leave fast enough. I'm sure that Nancy Pelosi would have travel arrangements, whatever the fuck. Okay, so now he, he's just going back to, you know, our initial point of, you know, why this is xenophobic and authoritarian. He's basically saying that, okay, you colored women, because that, that that's what he's that that's what he's talking about. He he says you colored women. If you disagree with what I have to say, go to another country and help it out. Go go to the other countries and help them out, because you know, whoop de doo. At the end of the fucking day, like you know. America is the best country ever. And then he, he reels it in with this sense of nationalism to get his base riled up. Like, his base is going to be like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah, man. You're, you're Donald Trump's right. You know, this is the best country on earth. Why, why, why would they be talking about it like that? This is, by definition, pre-fascism. 
this is the same rhetoric that national socialists in the in Germany. This is the same rhetoric that they spewed. This rhetoric of, a, hey, fuck those guys. There's no Overton window. It's our opinion, or no, are the highway, and if they don't agree with our opinion, they should just leave. And another reason why I kind of wanted to um, do do this recording a bit later is because um, Donald uh, that the um, four congresswomen actually had a chance to come out and speak, and Nancy Pelosi actually came out to defend them. And now, um, before this, it, it's good to uh, it, it'll be good to tell you guys a brief like history before this. Right before this happened, Nancy Pelosi and, you know, was actually beefing with the Progressive Caucus. You know, you know, that being people like, you know, uh, Elon Omar, Rokana, um, uh, AOC, Ayanna, Rashida. They, she was actually beefing with them. And it was kind of like a, not a civil war, but kind of like an inner quarrel going on in the Democratic Party. Um, and, you know, and she basically defended the moderates. And so um, AOC basically came out and said, hey, well, it feels like, you know, you attack, you know, just women of color. And, you know, AOC has been given, getting a lot of flack for it um, before Donald Trump, Trump attacked her. But the thing is, you know, kind of sitting down and actually uh, absorbing things with reason. I feel like, you know, AOC wasn't calling Pelosi racist. Uh, she, she was just saying how the, the optic looked very bad. And, you know you know, Pelosi wasn't saying that, you know, these are radical communists either. She was just saying, hey, man, we got to get, you know, we got to stay unified. And so Pelosi coming out and basically defending these four, you know, congresswomen really shows that Pelosi has a great heart and that Pelosi is not racist. I mean, she's still a corporate dim and I'll still have a profuse amount of disagreements with her. But, you know, she really did defend these women, and, and, and that's just, you know, and I give her so much respect because of that. And so, but anyway, um, you kind of understand what they, what they said. So even if you don't know what they said exactly, they're on the same team. So basically it was just a bunch of don't talk to my girl like that. You know, or, you know, watch who you're talking to. And then, you know, basically just them calling what it is, him racist. He's because he's a fucking racist. Um, and then this is when Donald Trump, I want to read this because he says it's so sad. This is uh, posted, uh, you know, uh, a little bit after w what he said. And Nancy Pelosi had and Nancy Pelosi and other Democrats had the chance to speak out against them. He said and. And not only Democrats spoke out against him, but also independent Justin Amash, who just left the Republican Party. But he, he said this in a, in a tweet afterwards. He said, so sad to see Democrats sticking up for people who speak so badly of our country and who, in addition, hate Israel with a true and unbridled passion. Whenever confronted, they call their uh, adversaries, including Nancy Pelosi's, racist. They're disgusting in language. Okay, uh, they're disgusting in language, and the many terrible things they say about the United States must not be allowed to go unchallenged. If the Democratic Party wants to continue to condone such disgraceful behavior, then we look even f more forward to seeing you on the ball at the ballot box in 2020. All right. So again, this, this is how Republicans traditionally frame this. And that's why it's just so funny 
how when people thought that Donald Trump was going to be this anti-established candidate and he just turned out to be so establishment because this is giving me demigod vibes right here. Like, because the framing, like he's not even attacking. And this is when, because AOC said, you know, in, in a, in a kind of like a um, response to what Donald Trump has said, a formal response, not on Twitter, but when she was giving a speech, she said that, you know, Donald Trump basically does this because he can't, you know, really, out argue us on policy. He can't really out debate us on policy. And to me, that's absolute true. Absolutely true. You know, and that goes for any Republicans. Republicans cannot at this point, at this point, you know, with, you know, the left leftist, the cultural left intruding on the Democratic Party, really altering some of our ideals. Now, you know, you see a lot of leftists becoming non-interventionalists. Now you're starting to see a party to where like Republicans cannot outdebate Democrats at all, because Republicans aren't doing shit. But we're gonna get into that. Um, it it's just th- this is funny because he said so sad to see Democrats sticking up for people who speak so badly about our country, and in addition, who hate Israel. First point, you can't. So we can't critique the country anymore. So, like, all the Republicans who were talking bad about Obama and the country under Obama and how he's, you know, you know, basically fucking shit up. Like, we can't critique our country anymore, Donald Trump. Like, that makes no sense. And it makes you sound like what you and Republicans want to attack democratic socialism for. It sounds like you're being authoritarian. It sounds like you're saying, okay, fuck debating. Fuck le- debating legality. Fuck debating le- real legislation. Let's just say, okay, my opinion or fuck you. And and so that's what he's exhibiting again right now. And then he goes on to say, in addition, hate Israel with a true and unbridled passion. Whenever confronted, they are called adversaries, including Nancy Pelosi, racist. Now, okay, now I wanted to I wanted to attack this. By saying one thing, critiquing organizations like APAC and critiquing Israel when it comes to what they're doing to Palestinians in the Middle East is not anti-Semitic. It's not anti-Semitic. What's actually authoritarian, again, is to attribute something to anti-Semitism when you don't want people talking down on Israel. No, that's authoritarian. That is fascist by its definition. What's going on in the Middle East and what has been going on in the Middle East is that the land that was already for the Palestinians has been intruded by and, 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 and basically taken over by the Israeli government. Now, what people got to understand that it's not a Jewish versus Muslim thing, because this is what people like to paint it as. That's why you'll hear this anti-Semitic. You'll you'll hear Elon Omar is an anti-Semitic. Or Rashida Tlaib is an anti-Semitic. Or AOC is an anti-Semitic. No, they're not anti-Semitics, because the thing is, is that they're they're when you understand history and how the U.N. basically after World War II said, oh, fuck, Jewish people need a place to go. And we can even go back to the Ottoman Empire when the British 
prom promised Mecca's and other lands, Palestinian territory, without Palestinian permission. But again, when you understand actual history, you'll understand that this is not a, a debate over theocracy. It's not a, a theologian debate. It's not a debate over what religion trumps what. No, there are Palestinian Christians in Palestine right now. There are Palestinian Muslims. And Arabic is a language. So it's not an Arab versus a, a Jewish thing. No, it's not that at all. It, it, it's, it's a fight to basically see who owns, who has right to this land. And the thing is, there was a settlement made after the Six-Day War when Israel and um, a Palestinian duked it out. There was a settlement made. But the thing was, after that settlement, Jewish people, the, 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 the Jewish state of Israel has continued to impede on these borders and, and, and basically increase the size of their land. So a Palestinian can be living on the border that, you know, the, 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 the um, Israeli government wants to take and they'll just take it and then displace that Palestinian out of their home. And this has been going on for, you know, over 20 years at, at, at most, you know. So, again, when, when you talk about them being anti-Semitics, no, they're not anti-Semitic. You know who's an anti-Semite that you're not going to, you know, actually say anything about and Coulter, a Republican uh, uh, pundit who is popular on Fox News. Uh, Tucker Carlson is also an anti-Semite because he said that, you know, people like Elon Omar make this country dirtier. Um, and Steve King, you know, the, uh, the House of Representatives, the Republican House of Representatives, he is also... Uh, a neo-Nazi sympathizer, so by definition and denotation, he is an anti-Semite. So, no, there's no anti-Semites in, you know, the Democratic Party, and, and, and especially in the progressive um, faction of the Democratic Party. No such thing as anti-Semitism, just because we're calling out a country, a country, a fucking country, doesn't mean we're calling out Jewish people. And actually, there's a whole Jewish movement movement devoted on the, that devoted on Palestinians getting the freedom and the land that they deserve. Yes, there's actually a movement of Jewish people. Natalie Portman is Natalie Portman is a part of it cuz she's actually from Israel. Gal Gadot is a part of it. And they're saying that, look, we're not doing business with Israel until they get their shit straight and until they stop treating Palestinians like third-class species. But um, so it, yeah, that is totally debunked. And then he was, he goes on to say, and the many terrible things they say about the United States must not go allowed, must not be allowed to go unchallenged. If the Demo okay, go unchallenged. Like I said, it's just that same authoritarian shit, that same Hitler shit to where like, uh, this is, this cannot, when they didn't say anything radical at all. Like, they're just pointing out the fact that the president of Israel is a racist. And that, they're, that, they're, that, that the Israel government continues to strip Palestinians from their land. But, again, he ends, ends it off to say, I look forward to seeing you in the ballot box. Like, you know, just because I painted this picture of 
Democrats being an anti-Semite. Oh, yeah, we about to win this shit now. Like, no. Like, and it makes no sense. Like, how are people like Elon Omar anti-Semitics when, you know, the person who shot up the mosque last year in America, he was, you know who, who he followed? You know what was his number one uh, gone, gone to website? The Daily Wire, Ben Sharpeo show. And people ask, well, how, how is that so? I thought Ben Sharpeo was Jewish. Yes, he's Jewish. He's, he's religiously Jewish. So what he says is that, okay, people who don't worship, Jews that don't worship the actual religion, you know, they're irreligious and they don't matter. And he even has gone further on to defend people like Ann Coulter and her anti-Semiticism, saying that, hey, Ann, Ann Coulter is an anti-Semite and an anti-Semitic, but if, if you're an anti-Semitic, but, you are, but you're still pro-Israel, then it's fine. Like, what? And this is just, um, just, just, this is just if this is unbeknownst to anybody, uh, Jewish is a culture... And a religion separately. Like, you know, you have the Jewish religion and the Jewish culture as well that um, uh, speaks the Hebrew and the Hebrew dialect. So, you know, when you have a lot of people who are, you know, have Jewish faith and Jewish religious religions, but they're anti-Semitic to our cho anti-Semitism towards culturally Jewish people who are atheists. And so basically when... People like them love to say, oh, no, Elon's an anti-Semite. And no, Elon, like every other American should be, not only progressive, is anti-Israel establishment, which you should be. It's just so funny, man. I didn't, y'all didn't lose me. Um, I was just reading these tweets, man. And, like, it's just so crazy how, like, you know, I see so many people, you know, because so much shit has become misnomer. Like, you know, people think that just because I fo follow politics, I'm the smartest guy ever. Like, no, you're not. And that's something that I had to learn. You know, growing up, um... Uh, growing up, I, I kind of grew up from a very social conservative background, but, you know, I, my family, family still voted Democrats. So, you know, it, you already know how much theory became misnomer throughout that process. And it was misnomer because my parents didn't know it. My parents didn't know real theory and they didn't know real theory on how the world should work because it was never taught to them. And that's the thing. And this political environment, uh, this two-party system, real theory isn't taught. You know, real comprehensive theory isn't taught. So we're just basically a bunch of Democrats and Republicans. And then you have uh, independents. But the thing is, the reason why independents don't help, because with independents, they're, you know, 20% 20, 20 of independents think with logic, and, you know, the other 80% is just apolitical. So, we never have conversations, we can never actually come to a room and have good faith conversations about topics that need to be had. Topics such as immigration. 
You know, in the Obama presidency, yes, Obama dropped the ball on immigration. Now, I would have to say that I remember vividly, you know, him wanting to do a press release over immigration and over what was happening with the uh, immigration, um, how, how we're going to start, how he would start enforcing the immigration policy. But, I mean, he was basically closeted and, you know, shut out by Republican, by the Republican establishment. So, you know, but yes, this has been, just to give you a scope how long this was, the last settlement or policy devoted towards immigration was 1997 Flores settlement. In 1997 was the last time we had a real conversation about immigration and our immigration system and what we should do to reform it. 1997. So my plea to you guys is to stop the tribalist shit. You know, if, if you if you start thinking with logic, start thinking with reason, you know, if you have a, a principles and a set of principles that you feel that are not flawed, then hold those same standards for everybody and not just one person. And don't allow yourself to be caught up in this stupid reframing on, of the issues. I mean, just how Donald Trump reframed that whole shit was just hilarious. You know, you know, and instead of apologizing, he just doubled down on it, you know? And to be honest, if Trump continues to act like this, he said he'll be excited to see us at the ballot box. No, boy. <laughs> you keep acting like this. You keep breaking your promises of uh, lowering pharmaceutical drug prices. You keep not focusing on, on health care at all. You keep making these xenophobic comments when it comes to immigration. You you, you keep supporting foreign uh, uh dictator establishments you keep supporting people like Saudi Arabia you keep breaking the emoluments clause you no you sir we will be excited to see you at the ballot box in 2020 but, but because what, what what the right isn't understanding is that after you know Trump won one in neocons like Ben Sharpeo and conspiracy theories like Alex Jones and uh, disrespectful movement conservatives like Steven Crowder, after they got their bump, this is what the left did. The left was like, okay, well, we got to get our shit together. So that's exactly what they did. They said, the left was like, the Democrats didn't win because the Democrat is the establishment. The Democrats didn't win because the Democrats forgot about the working class. The Democrats didn't win because Democrats didn't focus on real issues. So what we got now? We got people like Tulsi Gabbard. Got people like Bernie Sanders. So no, Trump. We will be happy to see you at the ballot box. If you like this episode, make sure to follow us at E2ThePodcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, like I said, if you love the podcast, make sure to share on share at e to the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And even if you just want to come on the show, you know, and just want to have a good faith conversation about something, whether it's our opposition, our opposite views of politics, religion, life, 
whatever, you know, come on, and um, you're invited, and um, we're, we're going to make it a, a, a special episode for you. Um, again, I just want to thank everybody who continues to support us, and um, just keep on, on the lookout because some great things are coming from this podcast and really from this community. So thank you guys so much. Y'all have a good one.